This summer I'm doing Manitoulin Country Fest, I'm doing Woodstock Truck Show, I'm doing a, a show. Oh, he's in. Oh my gosh, come say hi. <laughs> oh, do you want to come say hi, Harrison? Can I bring him in quick? Yes. Yeah, of course. Okay, one sec. Hey, but just quick, honey, because mom is talking Come here, honey. I'm right here. Come here. Can you say hi really quick? And then you go to go with daddy, okay? <laughs> this is so cute. <laughs> hi. Hello. Hi, that's Jenna and Logan. Can you say hi, Jenna? Hi, Jenna. Hi. Can you say hi, Logan? Hi. That's, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. But you know what? It's like you can't really say your name yet. Can you say Harrison? That's pretty good. It's a hard one. Hi, Hi Harrison. Harrison. Oh, you need some. Wow, that was really good, guys. Can <laughs> <laughs> you go see that? No, I want to stay. Okay. It's nice to meet you, Harrison. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> what a feature. That was so cute. Hey, welcome back to another episode of On the Porch with Front Porch Music. It's me, Logan Miller, and uh, while Jenna's off gallivanting in Nashville, she uh, left me alone to do the intro again this week. So uh, thanks, Jenna. Hope you're having fun. Not really, but I actually do hope you're having fun. <laughs> Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to remind everyone to, uh, if, you, if you like this show, to rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to, to this podcast. It really helps us with, uh, with all the different algorithms uh, to make sure more people are hearing these episodes and learning about these great artists. This week on, on The Porch, uh, we're joined by Genevieve Fisher, uh, an artist you've definitely heard about. You've seen her, she's been on the charts, she's been in this industry for a while. Um, we talked to her about being a mom and a musician and how the two of those are, can be hard to juggle. Uh, and we also talked about how uh, a gig turned into an acting gig for her and she's found a love for acting. Uh, she's uh, in a few movies um, that you'll be seeing soon. And uh, she has a brand new song called Best Thing About the Rain and it is out now. So here's our episode with Genevieve Fisher. Okay, why don't you start by telling like the front porch audience and anybody who might be listening a little bit about yourself and how you started in music because what I know of you is you get on stage and you sing like an angel and you play the piano and it's beautiful but not everybody knows all these things. For sure. So I'm Genevieve Fisher. Um, I'm a Canadian country singer. I've been in the industry for probably about 15 plus years, 15-ish years. Um, but I was born and raised in London, Ontario. Um, I now live just outside of St. Thomas, Ontario, just where's that in the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> St. Thomas is like South of London, about 30 minutes South of London. Oh, that's far so, away. Yeah. So, um, so that's a little bit about me and where, where I come from, but yeah, I started singing at a, a very young age. Um, actually it's kind of coming full circle. So my parents had always told me that when I was a baby, like, you know, one, two years old, every morning I'd wake up and I would be like singing in my crib, whether it's like, you know, little nurseries or whatever. And it's really cute because every morning that my son wakes up, he sings in his crib. Aww. Um, and it's like, it's just adorable. So I'm like, maybe it's genetic. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I've been singing 
forever. Um, my first singing competition when I was was when I was two years old um, at the Ilderton Fair, which is a little small town outside of London. Oh I say your first singing competition was at two years old. Two years old. I have vi- actually, if you watch um, Thank You Music, the video for Thank You Music. Oh my gosh, is it in there? There's a clip. Of the, the video starts of me on stage singing You Are My Sunshine. Oh, that's and, so cute. And then at the end, the guy who was like, after I sang, the guy comes back on stage, the MC, and he's like, that is the youngest performer I've ever introduced. Genevieve Fisher, mark that name down. And it's, just like, it's really cute. It, so, um, yeah, so that's kind of my story of how I, I got started. And then throughout the years, just continued to compete in, in singing competitions throughout Ontario. And, and then when I was a teen, I was like, I want to do this, like actually, for, for a living. So started to go down to Nashville and, and write with, with songwriters and kind of get my foot in the door that way. And I've had some really great opportunities throughout the years. So it's been cool. Did you go to school for music too? I did. So yeah. I went to Western uh, in London and I, I studied or I majored in popular music and I minored in First Nation studies because um, my dad is my dad's native. So okay. I really wanted to kind of learn a bit more about my culture because I didn't, I didn't grow up with it. So yeah. yeah. I went to Western for a hot minute as in my first year. No way. And- um, my minor was First Nation Studies as well. I loved it. Cool. I didn't finish it because I moved, like I switched. I moved oh home. Oh my gosh. Yes. My my major was psych and my minor was First Nation Studies. And one of my main reasons to go to Western was because they had a First Nation Studies program. Because I was like, I don't have a back. That's yeah, not my I background at all. But I was just always, always yeah. so interested and involved when I was that younger. That's so cool, Jenna. I yeah. love Yeah. I love that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. We're still learning about my, each other. My fourth, my fourth year, <laughs> one of my fourth year major projects was, it was in sociology because I double majored instead of minored. It was okay. an accident. <laughs> and. Oh, I got too much education. <laughs> no, I never took any electives. It, 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 I'm so smart. No. <laughs> yeah. Two majors. No, you just like something so much. And then you're like, oh, yeah. shit, I was supposed to take stupid courses outside of that. And then the only courses I'd taken were social, so I had to double major or else I had to stay an extra year. I do not relate. Right. So one of my major projects in fourth year was um, on an Indigenous um, topic. And it was like, I always did well. Because when you're interested in something yeah. and you want to learn more, your work is so much better, right? Ugh. I could not agree more with that. Yeah. I could yeah. not relate less to that. I did so <laughs> bad in school. <laughs> Nothing interested me. <laughs> Except music. Music. I mean... I, I went to school for mass communications and that and that was actually pretty interesting, um, but not I didn't do that well. Mm-mm. I wasn't double majoring in anything. I was struggling to major in one thing. <laughs> okay, moving on. Anyways, <laughs> so you went to school for music and then you, I mean, you had music out when you were quite young too, right? Like you were well immersed in the music world. Yes. Yeah, so my so. Um, when I released July to radio, I would have been 19, I think, at that point. Or no, but I've been younger, 18, 19. Well, no, because I would have been dating my husband at the time because I wrote July about him. Oh. And um, it was like my first big song on radio. It hit 41. Um, and it, it's also crazy to look back at that time, too, because... I feel like it was a lot easier 
to break through at that point. Social media wasn't a, it was obviously an aspect, but it wasn't so new still, right? It was so new. I don't even know if Instagram might've just kind Mm. of come out at that point. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I was just amazed by what that song did for me. I ended up being, uh, performing at the new artist showcase at the CCMAs in 2012 in Saskatoon. And it was because of July, like it had done so well. And I was an indie artist. Um, so yeah, when I look back at that, I, I don't think I give myself enough credit or like a pat on the back for, you know, just the accomplishments that I, that I had. So no kidding. You've had some like pretty great success on like on radio as well. So like, which is huge, especially for an independent artist. Yeah. Like it's not, I kind of want your take on like navigating radio as an independent artist because you've had top 20s and 30s right like you've broken the top and it's not easy when you don't have label support and radio promo that's like really really in the industry right it's really hard even with great radio trackers yeah like when I first started out it was actually my manager who was doing a lot of my my radio um he was pushing the songs and then I'm trying to think i I believe it was with Take It On Home. We started to work with Rob Chuby, who is great. Mm -hmm. I've worked with Rob for a number of years now, and we've created such a great relationship with him. Um, But it was, yeah, it was Take It On Home that ended up being, like, my huge song, which was so funny because I I haven't told a lot of people the story, but when I had first heard the demo that my producer did for Take It On Home, I liked it. But I wasn't like, I love this song and I think it's going to do so well. And I remember saying to my manager, I was like, I just, I don't know. I don't know if this song is going to do well. And it's really funny because every song that I don't think is going to do well ends up, ended up doing so well at radio. Huh. So now I'm going forward, I should just be like every song. Like it's not, it's, it's not, not it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't it. We're going to radio. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. it's, it's gonna do good no but it's just it's so it's it's interesting but radio you know as the years have gone on has gotten you know significantly harder especially for um indie artists for female artists and and you know like I, I even have talked to artists who are on labels and they're like it's even hard for us too and it's so I think I've established so many great relationships with so many artists and that's another thing that I love about the in- the, the country music industry is I just feel like it's so supportive. The artists are so supportive of one another. And of course you're competing for these, these spots, but in the grand scheme of it, it's just pretty incredible to see how, how we do just support one another. But yeah, sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but yeah, in terms of radio, I have found that throughout the years it has got gotten harder. Yeah, definitely has. But I mean, for me, I think I, I of course, put focus on radio, but I've learned to not put pressure on myself mm-hmm. or really get down on myself if, if a song doesn't do great. Because I think, you know, being able to connect with fans and, and, and um, yeah, followers online, it's... 
that's that's truly what matters as long as you're making that connection with your fans and, and followers. Well, and that's just it too. Like it's, there's so, I mean, radio is still like an incredibly important part of the industry and incredibly, yes. incredibly important part of like an artist's living. Yes, um, of course. Because streaming services don't pay a whole lot. But there, for a consumer and for an audience, there's a whole lot more options of ways to reach or to find music that you love. Yes. So have you noticed like a kind of a shift in like how you reach audiences in the last few years? For sure. I mean, obviously streaming is, is huge and it, it's really cool. I mean, obviously that my numbers are crazy, but it's, it's so cool to look at where your streams are coming from. Like I, I recently just posted this. I think one of my songs, which one was it? Thank you. Music was like number six in Portugal. I'm like, and it was on the, the iTunes charts and I'm like well that's cool well, maybe I should hit up Europe <laughs> yeah it, it's so cool though like how you're able to reach different countries you know it's not just to focus on Canada you know services they're available at worldwide so all, all of a sudden you're an international artist right <laughs> it's it's so it's so cool and you don't have to get on a plane to go see people to do any of that anymore which is very cool and also very overwhelming probably but yeah but it's it's incredible yeah interesting what are some other shifts let's like you are not very old by any means but you've been in the music industry for quite some time so you've been able to see lots of shifts in the music industry so what are some of those other things that you've noticed that have changed so much Oh, oh man well obviously social media because I look when I first started and it it really wasn't a big aspect of it of course you would like post on Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram when you'd be releasing a new song but like when I look back to take it on home like I did a full-blown like radio tour even even before um take it on home for my single blame it on you I remember going out to Vancouver and and you know visiting JRFM out there and um so I think for me and I I do talk about it a lot is the shift in in social media I have not really tapped into TikTok yet. It it's kind hard. Of it's overwhelming. Me. It's overwhelming. And, you know, um, actually, Jenna, when I was at Boots and Hearts, I was, I forget who I was talking to. It might have been one of the girls from uh, Red Umbrella, but they had asked me, have you like dabbled into TikTok? And I'm like, not yet. And they're like, well, be careful because once you start posting, you can't stop. You can't stop. And I'm like, I have a two-year-old at home. <laughs> I don't know how much time I have to be posting. And, you know, like, I, I of course, do like to share my personal life. But there is an aspect of, like, I want to keep some of it private. And, um, yeah, like, I even talked to Shantaya. She's like, you should do, like, videos of you singing, like, holding Harrison. And I'm like, for sure. But I also don't know if I want Harrison all over TikTok. And I don't oh, yeah. it's, it's just, like, Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to find that balance of, of the social media side of things and also keeping a bit of an aspect of normalcy and privacy in your life yeah. too, right? It's very but. true. And it can become very consuming. I forget who I was talking to recently and they were saying they've drawn like very specific boundaries around what they post, yeah. what people are allowed, like what people get to see. It's like enough sure. that they can get to know them as an artist, but like you don't know about their personal life because that's like where do you draw the line exactly. <laughs> right yeah Ricky for sure and I mean this isn't really a shift but when I look at my music career it's also brought me some really 
cool opportunities. So this was probably, I think, my first or second time performing at Boots and Hearts. Um, this girl named Rebecca had seen me perform there. Fast forward to 2018, I end up getting an email from her, um, and she actually works for a film studio. Mm. And I ended up actually being in a movie called Christmas with a Prince. And it was actually on Netflix for a few years. And I played myself, Genevieve Fisher. And in the movie, I go into a hospital to sing for a little boy who's um, sick in the hospital. And so that was really cool. And I'm actually filming another movie right now. What? Cool. And it's a larger role. I can't. I was just filming um, Thursday and Friday of last week, and I had asked Rebecca if I can talk about it. She's like, you can, but you can't talk about, like, where it's airing or anything like that. But so I've had, like, I feel just like I was sitting there the one day in between um, filming, and I was like, I just feel really lucky right now. I feel like I have the coolest job in the world. You sure do. It's just like incredible. And, and it's so crazy because you do have moments where you're like, you might do a show and feel like, oh, like nothing's going to come of it. But then like, look at that. I ended up getting a film from performing at Boots and Hearts. Cool. That is so also random. Like that's not on your, yeah. that wasn't on your bingo card for life. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so random, but like, I just, yeah, it's so cool. So now I'm super like interested in acting and yeah. Fun. Whoa. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Genevieve Fisher, coming to a screen near you. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, so pretty cool. You never know where like opportunities will lead, which is really, really cool. It's so true. It's so true. Um, I want to uh, go back to the radio tour thing. Yeah. There are some things. Do you, I, I'm just, I'm curious. There are things that we, obviously, there was a couple of years where you couldn't just travel across the country and do a radio tour, but there's still value in some of those things and going and meeting people face-to-face and investing the time in that, right? So do you think like social media and the ability to connect virtually is like distracting people from having the option or taking the option and going and visiting people and making connections like in person? Yes. I won't lie. I actually miss how the industry was years ago. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think that you, when you see someone face to face, you see a whole different side of that, that person. Um, and I just, I just miss that. And I think looking back, like when I, you know, I did radio tour for July, for Blame It On You, for Take It On Home, for You, Me, We, like, and this was all, all obviously pre-COVID. I don't even want to talk about COVID, but I, um, but, um, I think that I, that was the, that was a time for me that I, I believe I gained a lot of respect from the industry because they got to see my, my personality and they, they also got to see me perform for them in person. Yeah. Um, and I do, I feel like I take a lot of pride in the fact that I do feel like I sound the same live as I do on my, my record. So, um, I do love having that in person interaction and being able to perform for, for someone. 
Yeah. So artists, yeah, if you're it, listening and thinking about radio tour versus virtual, the answer yes. might be radio tour. Yes. Yeah. And like, even like having been in radio and seeing all like artists join on radio tours or come in on radio tours, like it was a lot harder to bullshit whether you had a great voice or not. <laughs> Whereas now you, who knows what you actually sound like until you see them live. It's so true. Yeah, mm. it is true for sure. For sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to release a, a new single um, beginning of June, and I'm really looking forward. This this will actually be my, my first time doing another, like, in-person radio tour. Oh, are you so excited? Yeah, I'm so excited. We haven't set it all up yet. Um, not sure if we'll go outside of Ontario right now, um, but at least within Ontario, like, I'm ready to to get back out there and just... Even if it's just to say hey and and uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Just sing the song in person for them. So yeah, yeah. definitely. And feel free to stop by my house. I'm in Toronto. I don't okay. <laughs> the radio tour comes to Jenna's house. Yeah. You know what? Let's bring them all to my house, and we can all just have a little hey, yeah. kumbaya in the living room. Kind of cute. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll set that up. <laughs> um, okay. I want to. Did you want to move on to something first? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can go too. But um, so you mentioned that you have a two-year-old. Yes. Um, What has becoming a mother kind of done to your thoughts on on music and to your experience in music? Um, Because that's kind of a experience that changes your world. Absolutely. Hot take. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Um, You know, I've gone through these like, waves of like feeling so great about uh, about my career and and having you know my son um but I've also gone through some like really not good times (laughs) um so my little guy was ended up being premature um he was he was born six and a half weeks early and ended up spending um three weeks in the NICU and it ended up, it was just like this storm. Mm. Um, I ended up releasing playing favorites kind of within all of it happening. Um, well, sorry, I shouldn't say that we released playing favorites pretty much like two weeks before he was born. Um, and then I remember, um, I actually remember doing interviews at home, um, while he was in the NICU, like doing, video interviews and radio interviews and that and then it was like probably probably a year after and I I think I was dealing with a bit of postpartum and didn't really know it but I found myself very bitter that I was like I literally had a child in the NICU like on a breathing contraption and here I am like in full makeup and hair and I felt like I was sort of lying in these interviews, being like, oh, I feel so great to just be like back to normal. But in my, all, like in the back of my mind, I was like, is he okay? What's going on? N- nothing I felt I normal. Quickly, I just think I should have been like, hey, I just had a baby. Like I'm not doing any interviews right now. Mm-hmm. But I felt that pressure of yeah. being like, I can't step away because if I don't show my face or if I'm not doing the interviews, what are, what are, what's the industry going to think? And are they going to think that I think my baby's more important, but he is more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it kind of like, it does sort of mess 
with your head a little bit, <laughs> the industry sometimes, um, because you're, you know, I look at how hard I've worked to get to where I am. And I'm like, I don't want to lose that momentum. I don't want to lose what I've built. But I think so now everything sort of shifted for me. My family is number one. My son is number one. And um, I think success in the industry is all how you perceive it. Mm -hmm. So like for me right now, if I can continue to have songs on radio on Sirius XM, continue my streams, connect with my fans, you know, grow my following, that's good for me. I don't need to feel like I'm on tour or I'm traveling all the time and blah, blah, blah. I just want to make sure that I'm also releasing great music for my fans and I'm staying true to who I am. That's always been something that I've said from the beginning. To me, um, I, I won't be successful unless I'm staying true to who I am through and through. So I feel like I'm genuinely who I am 1000%. You know, I don't know how many people can actually say that and like believe themselves. So I think that's really important. Like, <laughs> honestly, good Thanks, for you. Sarah. Cause that's, yeah. things get so overwhelming and you're like, yes. who do I need to impress? What am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be like? Yes. And it takes a minute to step back and be like, what do I want to be? What do I want? Who like, what's going to make me proud of myself? Am I going to look yes. back in five years and be like, she was not doing what she was supposed to be doing or, yes. you know, that's so, yeah. so, so important and so tricky, obviously, because it's so For like, sure. overwhelming and there's so much influence coming from you in all directions, telling you how to be and what to do. Yeah. So, and I think I struggled too, because now, you know, I've hit 30, I have a son and then I see like friends that are younger living in Nashville. And I do have these moments of like, did I miss something? Did I, did I miss a market? I'm like, no, everything happens for a reason. I'm meant to be where I'm sp mm -hmm. supposed to be. But yeah, juggling motherhood and a career has been hard, but I think I've like, I finally feel like, Hey, I found the balance. I've figured it out. So I'm feeling you know, I, it's honestly like parenthood and deciding on parenthood is insane. And like, yes. it's a huge process and anybody stepping away for one second from their careers always like as some of my friends have had kids and moms and dads and parents of any sort and they're like oh my gosh what have we done but they're also like it takes a second and you're like I know exactly what I did and I'm yeah this, yeah right? it's scary it, it's like I bet yeah it's scary and like when he was first born then finally when we brought him home from the hospital I had a moment I was like what did we do <laughs> take it back take it back <laughs> go to sleep ever again <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. You do I, sleep again. <laughs> okay. For anybody wondering, you will, you will sleep. You will sleep. I do want to... It might take a year, but you will yeah. sleep. <laughs> I do want to touch on one thing. I was at um, a songwriter showcase that you played at a month or so ago. Oh! I was hiding in the corner. And <laughs> I didn't say I did. <laughs> Sorry. Typical general. Um, and then, but when you were up playing Thank You Music, which is your current yeah. single... You had mentioned that there was a time, even I think it was last year, that you can obviously it's your story, correct? Yeah, right? no. But go ahead. you had said that you were thinking like I'm done, this is it, and then yeah. thank you music is a really important thing for you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I wrote thank you music in I think it was January or February of 2021. Um, actually, it might have been right before Harrison turned one. 
And I wrote it with my really good friend, Jennifer Schott. She was one of my like first sort of songwriting connections in Nashville. So she's been a part of my life for like 12 years. Um, and she, she's seen me at my best. She's seen me at my worst. When I go there, there's a lot of times that I stay with her and, um, she's been one of my biggest mentors and I just, I love her so much. And I remember sitting down and telling her, I, I really want to write a song that pays tribute to like my earlier years and just, um, the struggles of, of me, the music industry. And, um, like I, I had some lines, like the little girl, little stage, whatever. And um, she kind of sat there for a minute. She's like, Jen, what if we actually titled the song, Thank You Music? And I'm like, that is so cool. It's almost like my way of, of truly thanking music for the hard times and the good times. But the song is pretty much just about like how there are moments in, in the industry or in your career that kind of that curtain gets pulled back and you see kind of not the best sides of the music industry. And you do lose that, the sight of the magic, you lose the sight of it because you're just, it's this grind and you're just trying to like claw your way to the top. But when I actually think back to why am I doing this? It's because of music. That's what pulled me in to sing. I've, that's, that's it. I love to sing. So it's like, and then while we were writing the song, I remember getting super emotional and I started crying and she was like, what's going on? And I'm like, I just feel like this is, this is it. I just, and that it was at that point that I think I was struggling with motherhood a little bit. Um, it was, yeah, it was just, it was a lot. I think it took a bit of a toll on me. And I think when I was pregnant, I had this idea of how it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that it was a lot harder. Um, and I've always just like prided myself that I'm such a go-getter and I'm, I'm good at multitasking. And then I had hairs and I'm like, I don't know what that, <laughs> what am I doing? I'm like, I feel like I'm not good at being a mom. I'm not good at music. I'm not, I, and then I just started like nitpicking at myself. Mm. And I think that's what started making me be like, you know what? F this. I'm just, I'm a mom now and that's it. And so it was, it was a hard, it was a hard time. I'm not going to lie. And that's what I think made me think I had to quit was that like, I'm a mom now. So, and I was mad about it. So obviously I didn't really want to do that because I was, I was almost angry. It's like putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Yes. Yes. And I think, yeah, that's why I was just like, maybe this is it. Maybe I just, I can't juggle it and I'm not good at juggling it. But I was also in the thick of it. He was one and I was like, I was breastfeeding. I was like, I was like, I can't even be away from him because I'm his food. (laughs) so it was just it was a lot yeah it was it was crazy and like I even remember when I was in that right with my friend Jen my mom was upstairs watching him because it's like I needed someone there with me all the time if I was wanting to work so yeah so that's kind of a bit about thank you music and then once I heard because even like it was like leading up to the release that I was like no like I I think I'm done like I um just like my mental health was not good. And I was like, I just don't know 
how much more pressure I can continue to put on myself before I crack. Um, and then I had actually heard the fully produced song and I just had this moment of, I'm not done. I still have more to give. So, and now I'm working on an EP. I love how I went from being, <laughs> I'm done. And here I am. But I think it takes those like moments where you're like kind of at rock bottom. There's only way one way to go and it's, it's up. So like you, you needed this song, it sounds like. Yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. Big time. I think a lot of people, a lot of artists probably resonated with it pretty quickly too. I yes. released it in January, right? And it was, yes. ev- the day it was released, every Instagram story I flipped through was like, thank you, Genevieve, not thank you music, but it was like, everybody was sharing that song that day. And I was like, yeah, I have goosebumps with you saying that, Jenna. <laughs> I was like, I better go listen right now. Cause I'm obviously not, I need to know what's going on here. And even hearing it live, like it's just so like, it's so meaningful. And whether you're yeah. an artist, whether you're in the music business or not, there's something in that song that's 100%. like for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's not about like, it's about, it's about finding like your thing the growth you've had and experiencing your life. Yeah. Dedicating yourself to something. Yes. Being unsure. And and like finding your way out. And that's something everybody can relate to, whether it's music or not. Yeah. Exactly. And I even said, like, I think when I had released it, I was like, even if you're just like a fan of music and music has a way of helping you heal, I feel like this song can totally just resonate. So thank you so much for saying that. It's, course, like, it, totally it's like a love letter to yourself and yes. a love letter to yeah. to your passion. 100%. Exactly. That's so, yeah, that's so good. Let's talk about your new single because it'll be out by the time. It will be out by the time we <laughs> throw it out. Jason, you can take this part out. <laughs> Let's talk about your new single. Yeah. So um, my new single is called Best Thing About the Rain. I co-wrote this with Aaron Goodwin and Jen Shot, and I feel like when you guys hear this song you'll be able to hear the influence of Aaron Goodman in it um it was so much fun to write it it was actually Aaron's song title idea hmm. and I I loved the way he kind of was explaining it I'm like yeah this is so cool and I loved that it was gonna be a very country song so um and I'll send you guys I'll send you guys a song so you can hear it. But um, um, to me, it almost has a bit of like a, a Luke Combs influence in terms of the music, the, the instrumentation in it, which I love because um, I'm a huge Luke Combs fan. But um, I, I love it because it's actually a bit of like a different sound for me. And I love that it's different because it's not super pop sounding so i'm like hey maybe this it's not gonna do good it's not gonna do good no it's not it's It's gonna do terrible which means it'll do really well nobody's nobody's gonna like it (laughs) but no i'm i'm so excited about the song for anyone who's just dropping in right now in case there is anyone we don't like that's not what we meant rewind (laughs) rewind it and you'll understand um but yeah, I'm, I'm so excited about this. I feel like it's a great summer song, especially if it's like a summer day and it's raining. You could be like sitting on your porch listening to it, just with a cup of coffee. And actually, we have really cool promo for radio. Um, 
I think we're getting like coffee cups made up. Cool. Cute. Um, like the camper style ones. And um, I want some of the song lyrics on him too, but because there's a line in it um, in the first verse, or was it first verse? Or like, can't wait to sit up in this bed and have another cup of coffee that you brought me. Because coffee always tastes better when someone else brings it. That's my love language. Right? I love coffee. But um, yeah, so I'm so excited about it. Yeah. So that's a bit about best thing about the rain. And I was in Nashville in October. I was there for 10 days on a writing trip. So yeah. I love that. Can't, if you're, if you haven't streamed it yet. Yes. Go ahead and do that. And enjoy something good about the rain. I hot, not a hot take probably, but like I love rain in the summertime, like the warm rain. I will be outside. Yes. I don't care. Yeah, well, rain doesn't bug me. Yeah, like and at uh, my in-laws have a cottage up north, and um, they have like a steel roof, and they have a screen. That's in, a good sound, right? They have a screened-in porch, and I'm just like right now, like sitting there being like, oh, my song playing in the background, the rain hitting the the roof. It's gonna just be good. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Perfect. We just made the visualizer. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, You do have some pretty exciting shows coming up this summer. Yeah. Why don't you give us the rundown? Sure. Okay. Don't laugh, but I'm like actually pulling up my calendar to make sure I I, I know what I'm doing. Hey, got to do what you got to do. I can't live without my calendar. My brain? I can't live without my calendar that Jenna makes. (laughs) I can't live without my calendar that Jenna makes. So my first show coming up is in May, or well, ha- this is going to be back. But um, did the Woodstock Chuck show on May 27th, and then performing at uh, the CMAO Awards on June 4th, which I'm so excited. And oh, maybe I'm not allowed to say what song I'm singing, but it's a new song. You'll so be singing a new song. I'll be singing a new song. <laughs> um. What else am I doing? Oh my gosh. I am, um, I actually, I'm really excited. I'm going to be heading back to uh, Western University and I'm going to be doing a performance for Truth and Reconciliation. Oh, really? Cool. So I'm so excited about that to go back to my stomping grounds. So I'm doing that in uh, at the end of June. Um, I'm going to be heading to up to Collingwood, Blue Mountain. I'm doing a show up there. Uh, Manitoulin Country Fest. I'm doing a, another show in my hometown of St. Thomas now. I, I do call it my hometown because I, I live here now. And then in September, I don't know if I can actually say this, but... I we won't tell anyone. I don't think anybody's really going to know, and it's probably going to be announced by this time. Um, but I'm doing the Harrow Fair uh, September September 1st. Cool. Sweet. So the summer's getting... Uh, yeah, busy getting summer. Busy, getting busy, and it's so funny. Like last summer... At the beginning of summer, I didn't have a lot of shows. And then all of a sudden, I had like over 12 shows or something. And I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm just waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting for a few more to come in, which would be awesome. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Right on. Yeah. So lots of stuff coming up. No kidding. Are we coming to the end? We are coming towards the <laughs> <Okay>. end here. <laughs> yeah. We have another one coming up in a few minutes here with someone else. Perfect. Um, but Genevieve, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure to meet face to face and, and, and get to know you a bit. And, uh, thanks for, thanks for being vulnerable and, and, and talking about everything that we've talked about. You're so welcome guys. I'm so glad that like, I, well, Jenna, we met at Boots and Hearts, but meet again and to meet you Logan, because yeah, I feel like, um, well, since having Harrison, I feel like I'm a bit of like a hermit. Like I don't go to a ton of stuff anymore. So 
It's so nice to see you. And will I see you guys at CMAOs? You will. Can't wait, guys. I won't hide in the corner. I'll come bother you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I can't wait to see you guys. And um, yeah, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for, you know, platforms like this where I can share my music and, and just talk about life. And yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of On the Porch with Front Porch Music. We're so lucky to be able to chat with artists and make episodes like this one. If you like the podcast, remember to rate and review us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. It's the easiest way to support the show. Remember to check out frontporchmusic.ca to keep up with new music releases, exclusive artist interviews, and more. We'll catch you again on the porch in a couple of weeks. On the Porch is hosted by Logan Miller and Jenna Weiser and produced and edited by Jason Saunders. That's me. Our theme song was written, produced, and performed by Owen Rigland.